The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Welcome back for another edition of The Regular Guy. So glad you're here. This is an important uh, stretch run, shall we say, as we head up to the last Friday in April and the first Saturday in May. That would be the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the, uh, the, the major preps, well, except for the Arkansas Derby, they were all behind us. I don't want to belittle the the Lexington uh, because uh, two Derby winners have come out of that race: the Swale back in '74 and Charismatic back in 1999. But that was before they put in uh, Polytrack. Uh, the race, uh, the races at Keeneland lost a little bit of their luster, uh, and I, they're going to get them back now that they've got the dirt surface there. But the Lexington uh, carries uh, minority. Um, points, whereas the Arkansas Derby win and you're in pretty much run second and you're in too. So who will we be bringing in to cover these great races? Well, Brian Zipsy, who's located in Kentucky, is going to cover the Keeneland races for us, which of course is headed up by the race for three-year-olds, the Stone Street Lexington. They'll be going a mile and a 16th down there at Keeneland. Uh, also, we've got the Coolmore Jenny Wiley. Can Chad Brown do it again? He has won three of the past editions of uh, this race, and he has two French breads in here. Uh, now, those horses that he won the past editions, two of those went on to become the eventual turf champions and that we've got the ben ali a race that has been run for a long long time uh at keeneland it is a mile and an eighth and we'll see who brian likes with that group all right well uh then we go out to beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Mary Rampolini is going to join us, and she tells us that it's going to be a pretty nice day, only a 5% chance of rain, and of course, she'll be covering the big one, the Arkansas Derby. Uh, this has been a very prominent race in recent years, and guess who's back, other than Bob Baffert, <clears throat> who's going for his fourth win. With the Morning Line Even Money Concert Tour, this horse just won in a laugher at, uh, in, in, in the Rebel Stakes uh, at Oaklawn Park. Uh, so Concert Tour will be facing only five other horses. And there's still some good races down there. Uh, we got the Oaklawn Mile and uh, the uh, Count Fleet sprint handicap so mary rampolini will be helping us from her base right now in hot springs of course she travels the southwest uh all over the place for the daily racing form now of course john who do you like in the kentucky derby i love greatest honor headlines greatest honor has ankle trouble is out 
of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, according to uh, Shug McGee, he said the ankle trouble led to his decision to send the Tappet Colt on a 60-day break with 30 days in the field and 30 days under the tech. Uh, he was dealing with a stress remodeling is what we call it. Uh, it's induced by exercise and it can alter the structure of a bone with a horse as nice as this one. You don't want to happen. And the main thing that Shug says is it's not anything we got to operate on. He just needs a little bit of time. He's a little banged up and we'll give him that. Hopefully we'll come back and maybe we'll have him ready for Saratoga. I hope so. Cause greatest honor, uh, had my backing in the Kentucky Derby, even with his last, uh, a loss in the Florida Derby. I just love the way he won his races. Okay, well, of course, we've got European horses that are eligible for the Kentucky Derby. And the UAE Derby winner, Rebels Romance, will be in the United States, but not for the Kentucky Derby. Instead, he's uh, targeting the Belmont Stakes. As you know, uh, he's a son of Dubois and... Uh, they can run all day long, and the Belmont, the longest of the Triple Crown races at a mile and a half, um, might just fit this horse. So they're going there. Now, if you're planning on going up to, to Toronto, which you're probably not or may not be able to get across the border, uh, they have an area lockdown that is forcing Woodbine to postpone a government-enforced 28-day lockdown. Has anybody looked at the history of this COVID thing? All the states that had lockdowns now have more positives than anybody else. Explain it to me, folks. Explain it to me. This is insanity. I'm not saying run rampant without masks, but the lockdowns have been proven that they don't work. Go ahead, Canucks. If that's what you want to do, that's what you can. But uh, nonetheless, uh, so Woodbine's going to continue dialogue with government officials in an effort to get permission to operate a live meet during the lockdown. Uh, they, they hope that the order is lifted by May 6th, and it's very tough. Uh, but uh, they did say they're going to stay open. Uh, so uh, the uh, horses that are there can continue to operate all, and have all the essential services. But uh, if they don't get permission up there to operate live racing, it's going to really impact horses that – uh, would be shipping to Woodbine to race there for other races. So look for some Canadian breads showing up at a racetrack near you. Um, Joel Rosario, what a week he had. But you know what? If I give you out this story, uh, you're going to have to uh, know all of the winners from last week's races. So let's get right to it. All right. At Keeneland where uh, Joel Rosario had one heck of a day. The One of the few races he didn't win was the Toyota Bluegrass. And this went to the undefeated, undisputed champion, Essential Quality, who had to do some running uh, for uh, Luis Saez. Uh, Essential Quality um, was... Uh, you know, up near the pace, the Brad Cox trainee was right there, but highly motivated, trained by Chad Brown, just another talented son of Into Mischief, looked like the winner, 
and was on the lead late in the game. But Louis got essential quality going in that final 16th, and he gets up to keep his record perfect and to continue to be the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. All right, then we had the Madison for Phillies and Mares, and Kamari, who had never raced seven furlongs, won under a strong hand ride by none other than Joe L. Rosario. This was his fourth win on the card. Wesley Ward was the trainer. So uh, they say not to bet horses that have never done something they haven't done before. Well, Kamari changed that handicapping angle. At 50 to 1 and second was Estilio Talentoso. Ooh, I like that name. And third, the second favorite, Bell's the one. Uh, again, that was the Grade One Madison. Uh, the Central Bank Ashland. This was three-year-old Phillies. Are we going to see him in the Oaks? I think so. And the winner here was Malathot, a Shadwell. Uh, Horse ridden by none other than Joel Rosario, trained by Todd Pletcher. And now the million dollar baby, daughter of Curland, remains undefeated. She's four for four. She uh, rated well. She was a little green, but put in a gutty game finish over dead heat. Past the champagne, it was on the lead and looked like a winner. And coming from out of it, as she always does, moon swag. So those two dead heated for second in the Central Bank Ashland. Then out at Santa Anita, upset time, although a tepid one at five to one. Rock your world. He's everybody's now horse on their derby list. Rock your world. Uh, Pulled away. I had him down as a sleeper. Now, this was his first time going a mile and an eighth. And first time, amazingly, over the dirt. Rock Your World kind of went to the front and stayed there. Very, very impressive. And a tip of the cap to Mr. Ed Meyer. That was his selection in this race over the four to five shot. Medina Spirit, uh, who ended up running second. In the race, uh, he's pretty much gotten used to that. Even the life and good is on the shelf. And in the third spot was Dream Shake. Okay, that was the the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. Uh, then, let's see. We had a uh, odd man out here at Oak Lawn Park. And uh, Oak Lawn Park had the fantasy. This one as points for the Phillies and the winner number seven, Pauline's Pearl at four to five uh, Sunpath, who probably would have been her biggest challenger scratched out of the race. So running second was the speed horse of grace and third was coach. All right, then let's not forget the wood Memorial and the, the wood Memorial captured by none other than 72 to one shot Burbonic, an exciting late rally. This was Todd Pletcher's sixth Wood Memorial. Now this horse will be looking for pace up front in the Derby as they usually get it. Second was another long shot, 15 to one dynamic one. 
trained by Todd Pletcher. He gets the one-two spot in the Wood Memorial crowded trade was third. And uh, so uh, we've got uh, mischievous Alex, who was the pick in the Carter handicap, got the job done in the 121st running, was bet down to four to five. First grade one win for the owner's cash is king. Uh, Ward down Chateau, who was the lone speed, as we said, and got the job done. A uh, excellent pick by Dan Illman. And then, of course, we had the three-year-old Phillies going to post in the Gazelle. And the winner there, odds on, no problem. Staying undefeated for trainer Chad Brown. Search results got the job done. That was Irad Ortiz's fifth win of the day. All right, that's a look at the major uh uh, Derby and Oaks prep races uh, that we covered last week. And uh, we uh, hope that you'll stay with us because we are going to have one of the dynamic duo from Horse Center, none other than Brian Zipsy, joining us here on Winning Ponies. <clears throat> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1 866 472 5788. Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a man that has the most coordinated sock drawer this side of the Mississippi, none other than Brian Zipsy. And I say that because I've been trying to get him on since October, and he keeps telling me, oh, John, Thursday at 8.15, that's when I rearrange my sock drawer. And I can totally understand that, you know. But uh, finally, I nailed him, you know. I, I called his wife. She goes, oh, Brian just rearranged his sock drawer on Monday. I said, great, I'm going to call him and get him onto the show. Just having a little fun with you, Brian. How you doing? Well, you know, whites have to be with whites, John. The colors <laughs> ha- clearly have to be with the colors, and you can't have black anywhere. You know, uh, inner, inner, uh, uh, in the middle of the whites. So it's very important to me to have my sock drawer in perfect order. 
and I do now, and I'm ready to go. Let's talk horses. All right, let's t- talk horses. Well, before we talk horses, uh, got to ask you, uh, you know, the great thing about uh, being in this game is the longer you're around, you kind of grow into new uh, positions and situations. And uh, you've kind of, uh, not that you're not with uh, Horse Racing Nation anymore, but um You've kind of evolved now in into the, the show with Matt Shipman, Horse Center. Tell us about the creation and the evolution of Horse Center, which, by the way, folks, you can get real easy uh, just by uh, going online and and, and uh, cl- clicking and looking for it because it's right there every week. Yeah, it's right there every week. It's it's a labor of love for sure for. For me and Matt, uh, actually, John, we've been doing that show about seven years now. It's hard to believe. Uh, I asked Matt to join me uh, when uh, our uh, our boss at Horse Racing Nation said he's looking to do uh, something on YouTube on a regular basis. I was the guy back then to uh, to, to say yes to all the best projects, and uh, uh, Matt was uh, someone uh, always always my right hand man, if you will. So he he jumped at the opportunity. Believe it or not, his sock drawer was already organized. He said yes. <laughs> Seven years later, here we are, and it's it's more fun, and I think uh, a, a better show than ever. We have a new producer that started just about four weeks ago. He's he's kicking our butt with all the requests, but everything he does makes the show look even better and. Uh, uh, Matt and I just love doing it. And hopefully it's uh, very informative. And I know this time of year, so close to the Kentucky Derby is when we get more uh, more hits, more views, and more people saying good work on Horse Center than ever. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, 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 I enjoy it myself. I just kind of kick it back and turn it on and uh, get to that sock drawer as I can. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, yeah, new producers are interesting. Uh, back when I was doing the regular guy television show, uh, we've had several, but you kind of get in a comfort zone. Well, one one day they threw this guy in and he wanted to tell me to do everything, but okay, John, now file your nails. Okay. And he just, you know, you're, you're trying to get your thoughts together. You're trying to speak. I had a guest and this guy just would, I finally just took the friggin' earplug and threw it out of my <laughs> ear and said, look, I'm just going to talk to the horses are in the post parade and then we'll do whatever we do. But, Oh, it drove me nuts. So good. I'm glad you got a good one. I, I've, I've got, I've got an awful good one here at, uh, at at winning ponies so uh uh you know it, it does make a difference they make things go smooth and they don't bug you too much but they do let you know hey by the way you're over by two minutes idiot so anyhow rather than be over by two idiots i i had another question that i've been asking guests um particularly ones i've had and have a chance to talk to most recently and i want to know you if you've taken into your handicapping or if you've noticed anything in the no Lasix races for horses that had been performing on Lasix, and you could see many of them perhaps won their last race or two on Lasix, and now they were asking to go without it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is certainly you have to pay attention to, and I have noticed it. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily changed my picks, my betting too much yet, 
I think we're going to see more and more of those trends. And I, I've seen a few horses. I can't, I can't think of a name offhand right now where I've seen a few horses where they're not on Lasix, then they're on Lasix, and then all of a sudden they're off Lasix. And I think I talked, I talked about the great one. Uh, I hope, I hope I'm getting that right. The great one, of course, is a three-year-old by Doug O'Neill who's running some stakes races out in California. I think when he won that 14 length maiden race a few races ago, it was, I want to say it was his first try on Lasix. And then he went back, of course, to stakes racing where he wasn't able to run on Lasix, getting those, going after those Kentucky Derby points. And uh, it didn't work out as well for him in the last two races. So I think you're going to see more examples of that. I, I think it has to show itself a little bit. It's hard to predict, you know, which horses, unless you really have some great inside information, or and, and even the trainers, you know, they, they, they don't know exactly what's going to happen there. I think they... They have an understanding. Well, maybe this one is, is is a little bit more of a of a risk to try without because he's he's had uh, uh, blood in the nose before. But um, yeah, it, it it does add an element to handicapping, doesn't it? It does. It does. And <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, t- take a look at the Stone Street Lexington. But the horse I like in here, the only two races he won, he won while using Lasix. And he's run his last three races without it and has not won, albeit he's faced graded stakes company. They could have a whole lot to do with it. But I'm just saying, I just glanced down as you were saying that, and I'm saying, well, is there anybody in this first race? And bingo, that jumped right off the paper to me. So anyhow, we'll let it go because the the, the general thing I've gotten from, you know, the good handicappers we've had on the show <clears throat> is very similar to what you've been saying is – it's just it's too early to factor it in and have we seen a major trend no have we seen some horses digress yes we have regress i guess is the word i should use and uh, where i think it really comes into play is with the older horses that have been let's face it running their whole life on lasix and now you're asking them not to like imprimis and that's stakes race yesterday at keeneland who ended up bleeding after the race. Um, but anyhow, that's a subject for a whole nother night. Right now, <laughs> right now we're going to go on to the Lexington. Uh, again, it, it, it's a minor points race. It's going to have to earn its way back, you know, as as the final points race. And I did, you know, look up a little history. And back before it was Polytrack, Swale, who went on to win the 74 Derby, ran second in this race. And Charismatic in 99 won this race. And they both went on to become a Derby winner. So Derby winners can come out of this race. But I think there's only two where the points will help them get in the starting gate. And that's uh, Hockey Dad and Proxy. Yeah, and Proxy Proxy is the horse who who sure looks like the one to beat because he has been racing against really good horses down in Louisiana. Uh, A little disappointing. Uh, The the Godolphin runner was... uh, I, he was my top pick, honestly, going into the Louisiana Derby, and he just kind of—I guess he broke a little, a little slow, and maybe was a little wide. But it, it looked like he had a chance on the turn, and he just didn't kick it in there. That was a mile three sixteenths, as you know, John. So he's dropping back down in distance. A uh, class edge for sure. The horse to beat, yes. Johnny V is up in the saddle on him, so. Uh, He'll he'll take plenty of money, and I think he's the horse to beat. But I think there are a couple interesting horses in here for me. 
they're the two lightly raced horses who have some speed and they're both on the rail or the one and two spots. Uh, Swift sure is undefeated for Steve Asmussen. Uh, I riot Ortiz, as you just talked about in your racing recap from last weekend, will be in the saddle. I, I think he could be the second choice and he might be a good one. He's two for two, but don't sleep on the one, the horse breaking from the actual rail for uh, Richard Baltus, who's won plenty of big races in the last uh, year or two. Javi Castellano gets on him. Uh, I, I didn't mind his first race because he raced against good horses last year and he faded to third, but he showed plenty of speed. And then when he came back this year, it was an impressive, fast win. Uh, both of these horses are going to stretch out, but a mile 16th at Keeneland, uh, they're on the inside and with proxy dropping down in distance and, and no one else in the field really wowing me. Uh, I think those two are very interesting, and I could see one of them pulling the upset and beating Proxy in the Lexington. All right. Well, they'll both be stretching out from six furlongs to a mile and a 16th. That's all they've run in their career. I, too, uh, am going to back Proxy. Uh, I remember I was there when his uh, mother won the spinster at Keeneland uh, panty raid. But nonetheless, what I thought was interesting was an interview today with trainer Michael Stidham. Uh, you, you, you talked about him kind of flattening out a little bit in the Louisiana Derby. Well, that was his first time with blinkers. So now Stidham has, has made what we call French cups, which are a little bit smaller blinker for our listeners out there, but he's cut, he cut a little hole. So the horse would still, you know, maintain its focus, but would would see competition coming. And since then, he he put him on for the horse's last work and the horse was best of 64, 46 and four. And you know, this time of year, there's some nice horses working in the mornings at Keeneland. So I got a feeling that little tweak that Stidham gave him might make the difference here. We'll find out the other horse that needs point of course uh, uh, is hockey dad. And I just think he's been really tepid in his morning performances since uh, the Jeff Ruby stakes, they decided him to, after going to the Ruby or to go back to California, but those, those works are nothing to write home about, but uh, nonetheless, I'm with you on proxy and it will be interesting to find uh, other ones underneath. I'm sure Bezos because of the name, Bob Baffert uh, will, will get some backing. So we will find out, but again, it's, it's a race of interest and we'll see if proxy can get it done and earn enough points to get into that gate for the Kentucky Derby. Um, the, the Jenny Wiley, uh, boy, uh, short field for 300,000, but it's a grade one. It's produced a lot of, a lot of really good horses. And obviously, um, Chad Brown's won this race, uh, at least three times in past editions. And two of those, uh, Phillies or mares went on to become the female turf champion. And he's got a toll. And uh, Tama Hare, if I'm ruining those two words, in here, that, that, that's going to be a tough duo because since coming over from Europe, uh, he's, he's worked his uh, magic with both of them. Yeah, I mean, Brent Brown has made a career. He's starting to win more races on the dirt the last couple of years, but he's made a career with these uh, turf horses, especially turf horses that have come over from Europe. Uh, he has great owners that uh, they find some good horses over there and they bring them over and Brown just wins all kinds of graded stakes. 
Yeah, six horses in here. Uh, interesting. You, you were mentioning Proxy quite a bit, as, as I did a little bit. Uh, his sister, uh, another daughter of Panty Raid, uh, who was a real nice marriage you mentioned years ago, uh, Michelin is uh, is a half sister. So you're going to have two big races at Keeneland with uh, half siblings, uh, maybe as uh, horses to beat in these races. Michelin certainly has a chance, also trained by Stidham. The brown two are tough. I, I think if I had to pick one, it might be, uh, I'm going to call her a toile. Uh, I, I think I'm probably doing worse than you are, but uh, she's the one that I think uh, might have the most upside of the brown horses, although the other one could be good too. But a, a toile, I think uh, if a mile is not too short for her, she's going to come running because she looks like a classy turf mare to me, and I think she could have a big year this year. Uh, Juliet Foxtrot has done well in this race before, uh, last year she got beat a little over length by rushing fall, another great chat Brown horse. So I think, uh, without a lot of speed in here, she obviously likes Keeneland. She's dangerous and, and a long shot, maybe Maxim rate, John Maxim rate really likes a mile for uh, trainer Simon Callahan coming from California. I think she's gotten better than ever. And, you know, she's 10 to one on the morning line. I, I certainly could see her getting up into the exotics at the very least. Well, again, uh, you know, this is just, it's an amazing field from a better's perspective. We'd like to have a bigger one, uh, but, th- but this one is uh, pretty amazing. Well, let's cover all our bases with the big stakes races at Keeneland. Um, the, uh, the, the Ben Ali, uh, th- this race has been run since 1917. A lot of good ones have gone uh, into the gate. Sadly, only five will go into the gate on Saturday. Uh, going a mile and an eighth, who pops to the top for you? Uh, I, I guess it's Silver Dust. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on this race, John. There's only five horses. It's just I've seen a lot of good horses in the Ben Ali over the years, and this one kind of turned my smile upside down a little bit when I saw the field. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it, it's just not a Great addition of the Ben Ali. Five horses, no real standouts here. Night Ops should be the favorite for trainer Brad Cox. Um, Silver Dust, I guess, would be my, my pick to beat him. He's, uh, he's a consistent, real nice horse, a kind of a great three-type for Brett Calhoun. He'll be on the outside of five. Maybe he can get the job done. Well, I be honest with you, I won't be going to the betting window myself on this one. It's just... Uh, uh, as much as I love Keeneland uh, and uh, graded stakes races, there's just not enough here to uh, kind of wet my whistle, shall we say. Well, um, I'm sure Josh will keep me posted. I think we got about two minutes left. So of the Sanita Derby, the Bluegrass, and the Wood Memorial, uh, which one of those kind of uh, raised your eyebrows or kind of uh, validated your opinion? Well, can I go off topic for a second, John? Have I been a guest on this show enough where I can I, can I, can I go in a different direction real quick? Absolutely, Do you Brian. mind? Oh, no. <laughs> thank you. Hey, I think the race of the weekend at Keeneland is on Friday. I think that the grade one makers, uh, makers mark a mile is a wonderful race. And unlike the, uh, the some of the races on Saturday, it, it, it drew a, a pretty decent-sized field, wide open as you can be. 
Uh, there's a lot of good male milers in that one. It's the male version of the uh, of the Saturday race we talked about first uh, here. And and I kind of like a horse who's 8-1 to one on the morning line. I think Brad Cox is going to have a nice horse in here. Like I said, tough, wide-open field. A lot of horses can win it. But Durain making his stakes debut in America, 8-1 to one on Friday. But it's the grade one maker's mark mile. All right, hold on, because I did not pull that race down, obviously. Can you give us this horse's name again? Dorain. Not, not not the sun, but Dorain. D-A-R-A-I-N. Dorain. One word. And he's uh, he's an English import who's uh, had two allowance races down. The fairgrounds looked good. Because it's such a tough field, he's 8-1 to one on the morning line. I, I think he's got a real shot. Well, you, you, you can jump to another topic anytime you want. That's pretty much the way we go. But I, I, I do have uh, two minutes left. So uh, upset Bourbonic, as we know, there's guaranteed speed in the Derby. And a win in any of these races is going to put you in the starting gate, 72 to 1. Uh, that that was the uh, Wood Memorial. The uh, Santa Anita, rock your world impressive for a horse's first try on the dirt and that ever dangerous speed on derby day and uh essential quality had to work in in the bluegrass stakes uh any one of those races you want to comment on we got a couple minutes left yeah well i didn't like bourbonic uh which i guess most people would honestly say he he surprised me and i and i really do look at the wood as just not a great race where we're not going to see a horse that runs big in the to Kentucky Derby come out of the wood. Um, as far as the other two races, I, I thought Rocky World was a big performance. I did pick him. Uh, I really liked what I saw on turf, and I think he's a dirt horse uh, at heart. He's got the breeding, and that's what the trainer sadly was saying. Having said that, it was only his third lifetime race, first time on dirt. I, I think it's going to be a much, much tougher uh, test because there's going to be other speed, a mile and a quarter, Churchill Downs for his first ship out of town. So I'm not as high on him, but sure, he's surely talented and he looked great. I thought it was the most impressive derby prep recently. But then you had essential quality digging down deep because highly motivated is a really talented horse who was on the lead uh, without a lot of uh, uh, pressure or uh, fast fraction, certainly. So essential quality had to chase him. And he did, and he wore him down, and it's just another example of essential quality just being a really, really nice horse who deserves to be, if not the favorite, one of the top two favorites for the Kentucky Derby. I probably am not going to jump on essential quality or rock your world in the Kentucky Derby, but I certainly know that they are big threats in there. I'm kind of leaning towards Hot Rod Charlie if I can get 10 to 1 on him, uh, the Louisiana Derby for, uh, for this year's Kentucky Derby. Well, Brian Zipsy, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, uh, you can hear him and Matt Shipman um, whenever you want uh, on Horse Center. Uh, do you usually post uh, like your picks for this weekend uh, today, or do you have a rhythm to your schedule? Uh, well, we usually do Horse Center where we have picks uh, that come out uh, generally Thursday or at the latest Friday morning. I do a Monday co- a Monday morning column on Horse Racing Nation. I also uh, write for the World Sports Network, WSN, and that is strictly handicapping articles. So, for instance, this week I did the Arkansas Derby and the Makers Mark Mile where I talked about the rain. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say you talked about the art of rearranging your sock drawer. But I, with that, <laughs> I will let you go, and uh, I'll stop busting your chops. Thanks a lot, Brian. I hope to see you in person down the road, okay? My pleasure, John. Hope to see you as well. All right, Brian Zipsy. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, We're going to, the lady of the Southwest is going to join us, even though she's a Connecticut bred, none other than... Mary Rampolini. I'm John Englehart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and back with me. Oh, I got got her as a guest about a month ago, and I said, I'm going to have you back on Arkansas Derby Day, and she didn't let me down. She's back with us. Her name is Mary Rampolini, and I I, I went back and, you know, pull up your bio, which I don't do every show, just to freshen my mind about your background i didn't realize that you began contributing to the daily racing form in 1996 was that like a seventh grade project (laughs) it was a long time ago but i'm really really thrilled that it did start in 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 the mid 90s (laughs) i won't reveal my age john but i was young (laughs) i'm not asking you to but how did you get your foot in the door Well, um, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I actually had been handicapping for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, which is a daily uh, in North Texas, and um, uh, somebody who was working publicity at Lone Star had recommended me to the forum. So um, uh, they were starting, you know, that's when Lone Star prior to its opening. So Right. And they they knew my name from, from handicapping, you know. Well, you know, you got to get your name out there. And it's good to know that that it's led to this because I I don't know if they pay you by the week or by the miles, 
because you during the season are all over the place. I mean, hot springs, uh, uh, Texas, uh, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana, which has numerous tracks you, you cover a lot of territory, uh, with Texas thrown into the mix. Yeah. Down here in the Southwest. And you know, John, I think when I started, um, we didn't have um, as much prominent racing as we do now. We saw the stake schedules grow uh, uh, a lot of times with the casino monies at tracks like Delta Downs, you know, where they eventually had the, the Delta Downs jackpot. So there's been a lot of growth uh, that's gone on over these past years. And obviously I'm, you know, very pleased to be able to cover this market and, and see it grow for the racing form. That's very good. Very good. Uh, I hadn't taken a step back and and looked at that, but it is true. I mean, you know, some of those smaller tracks that perhaps were never on your radar, all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is Louisiana Champions Day or call it what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, at each each one of these tracks as a special and in doing so, I, I this isn't your ballywick, but I've got to guess that the Louisiana Breeders Program has grown grown alongside it. Oh, I think yes, I think you've seen growth in all of those. I mean, just because I'm in Oak at the Oakland meet right now, you can see the growth in the Arkansas program. You've got a lot of um, purse money to run at right now in that program. I mean, for example, Maiden Special Aid is worth ninety three thousand dollars for Arkansas breads. So wow. that's leading to you know an improved stallion presence in the state more mares coming into the state, higher prices at auction for those horses. So, yes, just like you said, John, just the growth. There's just been a lot of growth. Well, we'll be talking about Louisiana bread when we get to the Count Fleet. But until we get there, uh, getting into the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby, this is the last hurrah, and uh, it looks like – the Million Dollar Arkansas Derby, once it drew the name Concert Tour, a lot of people elected to not go on that tour to the Arkansas Derby. The horse is undefeated. Uh, Bob Baffert, um, I think he's going for number four, and I'm not sure that counts charlatans, who was DQ'd because of uh, the, the lidocaine um, incident. But uh Concert tour, let's face it, you know, it's kind of like uh, put a ring around them and see who you like underneath. I, I I know that sounds too simple, but, I mean, the horse just loves Oaklawn. As always, he's coming in from Santa Anita, did a little homework about how many the, the horses that win this race, aside from somebody saddled by Bob Baffert, uh, usually ship in from Florida or California. Not all of them, but the, the high majority do. Concert Tour seems to fit all of these boxes, including checking off regular rider Joel Rosario. Uh, I, you know, there's some some of these horses are going to be very good down the road, but I just don't see right now anybody in the Arkansas Derby beating Concert Tour. John, I do think obviously he's going to be a very strong favorite, and um, like you said, you know. He's definitely the horse to be to be very tough to beat, and he really handled a lot of these horses uh, last time in the Rebel when he came in to Oaklawn, and and, you know he won that race by more than four lengths in hand. So um, 
there has to be improvement on, uh, you know, the parts of his competition here, which, which some are poised to move forward. They're making their second start to the year and such. But, again, uh, he's certainly um, a worthy uh, leading contender for the Kentucky Derby, and they've got to take him down. So, Well, so help me with uh, my, my trifecta. I think most people are going to look down at their daily racing form and go, well, heck, the next le- big leg's out. So, you know, Hosier, who ran second to this horse, is uh, perhaps the le- legitimate second choice. My eye keeps going back to Caddo River. Um, he, he was kind of rank in, in the rebel where he was favored by the way, over uh concert tour. Most people won't believe that it was only by 50 cents, but, um, nonetheless just failed to uh-huh. fire. Uh, but it's not a horse that certainly has dislike for Oaklawn, you know, uh, after breaking it's, it's maiden at, at, uh, Churchill last year, made its first start at Oaklawn. The Smarty Jones, uh, just cruised to a 10 to quarter length, uh, win. And of course we've got this amazing tandem of Florent Giroux and Brad Cox. I, I, I think Brad Cox after the rebel, maybe popped the hood and took a look under there and said, Oh, I see what I need to tinker with. And, uh, so rather than automatically making Hozier the second pick uh, because of its uh, finishes behind concert tour, again, my eyes going a little bit to Cattle River uh, saying, let's put a line through that last one. Um, now, could, I, I know he came up empty, but did you see anything in the visuals that indicated that he was kind of ranked that race? Well, they're going to change up some tactics with him, John. So um, they, they are going to kind of uh, let him – let him run free here a little bit. You know, they, they were um, trying to settle him in behind concert tour last time. They're going to let him uh, dictate things, if you will. So they are going to change some tactics up, let him have uh, his way <laughs> a little bit. So we'll see what that does for Caddo River. He certainly was impressive, like you said, um, when he had his way in the Smarty Jones. So so he's a horse that I think if you liked him, um all along, you have to stick with him. There's a reason you like this horse. He's a beautiful horse, and he's, you know, certainly been very impressive in the majority of his races. So his maiden win was very impressive, and he came and backed that up right away against stakes rivals. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a horse you have to, if you like him, you need to pay attention to him still, you know, like you said, draw a line through it. And again, we're speaking with Mary Rampolini here from the Daily Racing Forum. On the other hand, how many times do we have to see it where Baffert comes into a race with a heavy favorite and kind of has, oh, I think I'll bring along another. (laughs) And the another, being Hozier in this case, ends up beating the favorite. It it happens time and time again. I'm not saying it's going to happen on Saturday, but again, it's not a horse you can certainly leave off any uh, exactive trifectas or superfectas you're making in this race. No, I think if you just look at him at face value, here's a horse that went from the maiden ranks into the rebel against the top Kentucky Derby prospect and represented himself very well in running second. Again, first start against winners. And, um, you know, just talking to trainer Bob Baffert this week for, for articles for work, you know, he said, this is a horse that's getting better. And on pedigree, John, I mean, he's, you know, he's a pioneer of the Nile. His dam was a grade two winner. She, she made $850,000. I mean, this horse has a license to be a really nice horse. Hosier, 
take me to church. We'll find out. <laughs> like an upset uh, concert tour in here. Well, here, here was a race that was uh, a really fun to handicap, and uh, it, it's the Oak Lawn Mile. And uh, the uh, the angles that I like in here, well, uh, I I like. Is it called Rushi or Rushi? Um, making its debut, but my God, Michael McCarthy uh, has this horse wound tight. I mean, this horse has been working fantastic at Santa Anita for its uh, 2021 uh, debut. Only raced at Oaklawn once. It was an optional claimer, but got the job done under a jockey by the name of Joel Rosario, who will be mm-hmm. back in the saddle for Mike McCarthy on Saturday. So uh, Rushi caught my eye. Of course, you'd be crazy not to always give a second look to uh, by my standards. Uh, y- you know, uh, he uh, just, uh, you know, is, is easily closing in on $2 million. But I find mm-hmm. it interesting for a five-year-old, Mary, this horse has never raced at a mile. Oh, that's an interesting stat. I didn't notice that handicapping. Um, I know just, again, for work, talking to trainer Brett Calhoun, you know, they're starting him out at this mile, which, like he says, is less than optimum for this horse. But at the same token, it's the right place to start him because he hasn't raced since November. That's a very interesting statistic, though, that you that you mentioned. I'd like to lean on his class. He's the horse that I'm picking in here, John, so I'm I'm leaning on that class. Like you said, he's nearing $2 million in earnings. And maybe the fact that uh, he gets a really good setup. We have quite a few quick horses in this race. Yes. Y- yes, you do. Of course, I, I think Wells Bayou might be living off his uh, his past resume with the win in the Louisiana Derby. Uh, came out, ran a decent third to uh, uh, title ready in Blackberry Wine, who is also in there. Uh, Blackberry Wines has got a kind of interesting career. It's got a lot of talent, but it's kind of hit and miss for uh, this daughter of Oxbow. Well, you know, in doing a little research for handicapping, I, I, this horse ran a spectacular race, as you well know, last time out here at Oaklawn. And um, the 99 buyer that he got, I was, I was just doing some more research, and that is the second highest for a horse this meet at races up to a mile. So really that was a standout performance, you know, in person as a visual performance from him, but also, you know, statistically speaking, and then it came at this mile distance and, you know, the configuration here, they'll end at the 16th pole. So there's a lot of things to like about him going into this race. You know, yeah, you'd like to see him put that race back, run that race back. If he does, he should be very tough. Well, here's an angle. Uh, usually it takes a couple races, but my God, Mike Maker off a claim. Like I said, sometimes it takes a race or so, but I guarantee you, Pioneer Spirit will again be a graded stakes winner because I don't know what magic touch Maker's got, but he's got it. Won't be getting my backing here. What did you think about my top pick, Arushi? Uh, I think that's a really good pick. And, yes, the the workout pattern, like you mentioned, John, has been excellent. And, you know, certainly the horses coming out 
of a top race, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, and uh, Nick's Go, the winner, came back to win the Pegasus World Cup, you know, right back after the Dirt Mile. So, so the company line certainly very appealing. Like you mentioned, the horse is a winner here at Oaklawn. That's important. Some horses don't handle this surface as well as others. And then, like you said, Rosario's back aboard, and he's had success on this horse. So, yeah, I think your horse has a lot of key components coming up, and certainly would be no surprise. I, 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 you know, I'm a class handicapper, and it's hard for me to get by by my standards, but, you know, Rushy's a lot of class, too. He's certainly an up-and-coming horse. All right, Mary, I'm down to two minutes with a race that's just going to be great. Even if you just sit there and watch it, it's the rubber match between Whitmore and CZ Rocket. They have met in their last three races, including the Breeders' Cup Sprint at Keeneland, where Whitmore pulled away by uh, three links, but CZ Rocket was in the pocket in the second spot. Out in the hot springs last time out, upset time, not much of one, but a beautifully timed ride by Florent Giroux got the job done for CZ Rocket. Now, I know Whitmore is close to the hearts of people in hot springs, has started there 15 times, nine wins, five seconds, a third for over $1.6 million. I really think with the abundance of speed in this race, it might just benefit Whitmore a little bit more. I, I, I agree with you. I think he'll get the setup in here. It does seem to be just a, a plethora of speed. I mean, as you mentioned uh, earlier, the Louisiana bred, no parole. Certainly a very quick horse from the rail. Empire of Gold, the horse that has a lot of speed that ran a good force in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, he's going to start his season here. And you know, in that Breeders' Cup sprint, he was just a three-year-old. So he's coming back as a four-year-old now. But Yes, I think that the, the pace setup uh, could favor Whitmore in the way CZ Rocket won last time. And from the outside post again here, uh, he certainly can take advantage of that situation as well. So maybe we'll have another uh, uh, stretch run, another battle between the two of these boys coming down the lane. And like you said, it might just be a race you want to watch. It's It really is a great collection of spreaders. All right. And Mary Rampolini from the Daily Race Forum, you are a great guest. I've got to get out of here. I'll be in touch with you down the road at one of the many other tracks you visit, okay? Sounds great, John. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Mary Rampolini. want to thank Brian Zipsy. I want to uh, thank my producer, Josh, who I can't give his name out because he's in the Victim Witness uh, Program, but he's doing a great job as our producer. I'm John Engelhart. Don't forget, pull down the easy win forms at Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.